0: Appalachia. Appalachia is a very distinct word, and everybody has their own opinion of what it represents. Moreover, though, whether it's right or wrong, it stirs up images of everything from indescribable mountaintop beauty, deep forest, and cabins in the wood to trailer parks, meth heads, extreme prejudice, and xenophobia. The fact that one word can bring up such a huge response is an owed to its far-reaching influence in society. The Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. They once towered 30,000 feet into the air and currently stretch from Canada through 14 states all the way to Louisiana. The inhabitants of these mountains, through the many years of their existence, have lived through and witnessed what can only be described as horrendous, demeaning, and even downright unbelievable history as we are now learning every day is not exactly what we've been told and what was once thought to be nothing more than fairy tale is now coming to light as truth. I often hear references to the movie Deliverance or people making funny banjo sounds when describing the Appalachians. I being born and raised in these mountains know that nothing in fact could be more wrong or in some cases more right. The history that lies in these mountains is rich and has been around longer than any place in the United States, in fact far longer than the United States itself. We'll look into these mountains and learn about the good, the bad, and the ugly history that lies within them to this very day. Hello, I'm Larry Bentley and this is Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. Hello, my good friends. Thank you again for coming by. For centuries, mankind has heard of the infamous giant. To some, a mythical being that terrorizes and even eats humans. The story of David and Goliath as told in the Bible is prominent in the Christian belief. Today, we look at that story as if we're detached from it, believing that it happened so long ago that surely the giant soon died out with the slaying of Goliath, or maybe giants were just some type of a rare oddity that happened due to a growth disorder, much like the case of the great wrestler Andre the Giant. The location of the event between David and Goliath also took place in a seemingly distant land, lending even more of a feeling of separation from the heir of the giant. But what if I told you that giants were much more than we think, and much greater than we've been told, and even much closer than we may know. How about right here in the Appalachian Mountains? Come on in, take a load off, and please lend me your ears as I tell you the tale of what is a, truly an astonishing fact, one that it has actually been supported by scientific research. Let me tell you about the giants of Appalachia. The white man's Bible isn't the only recorded history of giants. The many Native American tribes across the country have told of their history with these giants. Some choose to believe the Bible while discounting this Native American history as some sort of lore, which is something I never could understand. First of all, it is important to understand a bit of the culture of the Cherokee people when it comes to their recorded history. We can see by looking, for example, at the Jewish people, the keepers of the Bible, that they recorded their history meticulously, and if even one mistake was made during the recording of this history, the entire book would be destroyed and the scribe would start the whole book over again in order to alleviate any question that there might be a mistake in it. The Cherokee did much of the same thing when recording their history. The difference being that the early history was recorded verbally. They had history keepers who would begin learning the history of their people as soon as they could speak. It was very important that the history keeper learned the history exactly as it was told to them by the predecessor. Every word had to be exact, and there was no embellishment of any kind of the record tolerated. Not to mention that the native people of the Appalachians didn't build great structures to try to tame the land around them. They had the unique ability to live in harmony with their surroundings and were acutely aware of every detail within them. Now that we see an example of how the peoples and cultures around the world kept their history, we find that the Cherokee were really no different. It would be a big mistake, in my view, just to simply chalk their history up to that of nothing more than a fairy tale. The Cherokee tell of a giant named Tsukula or as the highly learned white man said it, Judahculla. Could Judahculla have actually existed? Did giants roam the Appalachians? Well, the answers to those questions can be found in the truth of what we've learned through the years. First, there is one important thing that happened when the Bible was translated to the King James Version. There was one book omitted from it. Why? I couldn't tell you, but you can readily find copies of the book of Enoch to read for yourself. I know when I read it, I was very much taken aback as to why in the world of book that gave such clarity to the Bible would be omitted from it, though I suppose it could be terrifying to some who have never read its contents. It tells of how the giants came to be through the fallen angels breeding with the women and even animals of the earth, creating giants known as Nephilim, who were indeed mentioned in the King James Bible, but not quite in so much detail. If one reads the Hebrew version of the Bible along with their history, even more comes to light. These Nephilim, aside from being giants, are described as having some physical anomalies, such as two rows of teeth or more than five fingers and toes. It is said that that is where greeting people with a wave came from. People would lift their hand to show that they had five fingers in order to show the other person that they meant them no harm. Aside from having their physical anomalies, these Nephilim were also thought of as nearly as powerful and smart as God himself. Of course, that view is taken from mankind's look at the situation at the given time. The most interesting entry in the Bible itself, at least to me, states that the Nephilim will be here on earth both before and after the flood of Noah. Now, that'll sure get your mind to thinking. Now, if we take what the Bible says as truth, all of what we went over so far could be taken as fact, especially when backed up by Native American history. There's little doubt about the fact that giants were, at very least, existed at some point. Now I know that there are those who think the Bible as well as the Native American history is just an over-embellishment of what actually happened. Well, is it, though? There is far more than just written stories or histories to be considered, especially here in the Appalachians. Across this great land of ours, there are burial mounds or at least what's left of them, some equal in size to the Great Pyramid of Giza. The Cahokia and Monk Mounds in Illinois and Missouri are just two of them. The Cahokia Mound is a 100 foot tall with a 14-acre base, almost entire acre larger than the Pyramid of Giza. Monk's Mound is just as tall with a 1,000-foot wide base. But what makes these and other mounds of their kind even more intriguing is what has been found buried inside them. There's a great deal of documentation, along with pictures of unearthed skeletons of gigantic proportions with two rows of teeth and more than five fingers and toes buried inside of some of these mounds. Not just those two mounds, but mounds all over Appalachia. Professional stonemasons have found that the construction and particularly the stonework of these mounds should have been all but impossible considering the level of technology that was available or supposed to be available at the time. That in itself begs the question, how'd they do it? What kind of technology did these builders have in order to shape and move the massive stones used in the mounds so precisely that not even a sheet of paper could fit between them? They also noticed that the orientation of the mounds was such that the entrances faced the direction that was in perfect alignment with the sun during the equinoxes. The mounds were present long before any colonists of Europe came to America, and according to the Cherokee, they were here long before their people even come to live in the area. Many of these Appalachian mounds were located in the mountains of West Virginia. In many of these ancient mounds, several giants were found in years past. Their large skeletons were found in the early days of coal mining and were boar even found as people were excavating the ground for other purposes. One of the first reports of a giant occurred in 1774 when a man called Jack Parsons was walking along a recently flooded Cheat River when he noticed some bones protruding from the ground. He pulled a femur from the soil and when he saw it was about seven or eight inches longer than his, then he removed the rest of the bones and laid them out estimating that the person would have stood about eight feet tall. Other settlers also found gigantic skeletons in the area, which was soon dubbed Giant Town. In 1838, when amateurs excavated the Grave Creek Mound in present-day Moundsville, West Virginia, they found giant human skeletons inside that were eight feet tall. I'll be right back. You're listening to Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend with Larry Bentley. In the 1850s, when a root cellar was being dug in Palestine, West Virginia, workers uncovered two very large human skeletons, said to have been more than seven feet tall. Several people saw the skeletons, but that night the bones were stolen, assumed to be sold in a lucrative market of what was called then Indian relics, and that uh, was a big market back then. In 1875, when workers were constructing a bridge over Paw Creek's north mouth at Rivesville, they uncovered three giant skeletons with strands of reddish hair clinging to their skulls. A local doctor was called to examine the remains who determined that they were definitely human and estimated that the skeletons were approximately eight feet tall. Afterward, with exposure to the air, the Bones deteriorated rapidly. In 1882, amateur archaeologist F.M. Fetty and his wife were exploring an unusual rock formation along White Day Creek in Marion County when they found what appeared to be a shelter. On closer examination, they discovered that a false wall had been erected, and after removing several large stones, and this is a stunning discovery here, they found a very large ancient mummy sitting in a chair. The giant was surrounded by stone and flint artifacts. In the summer of 1883, James A. Faulkner unearthed an unusually large human skeleton in the same area. Dr. Samuel Cramer of Smithstown was called in and measured the skeleton, which measured seven foot four inches long, and he deduced that it belonged to a person who stood over eight feet tall. That same year, The Smithsonian Institution dispatched a team of archaeologists to the Creole Mountain Mound in South Charleston, led by Colonel Lewis Morris. The team conducted extensive digs of some 50 mounds in the area and issued a detailed report. In their investigation, the team uncovered numerous giants, one of which was seven foot six inches tall, which would have set it well over eight feet tall with the once it was not a skeleton anymore and a full human being. And it was decorated with six heavy copper bracelets on each wrist, and on his shoulder were three large plates of mica. Mica is a crystal mineral that ranges in color from clear yellow, purple, green, or even black. It is assumed that these were used as decorations. In another mound they found a circle of ten skeletons surrounding a giant skeleton as well as underground vaults, various copper and mica ornaments, jewelry, religious items, pipes, and spearheads. Another large skeleton was also found that had a flat head type skull. As more digs progressed in the coming years, archeologists in Wheeling, West Virginia found another grouping of giants ranging from seven to seven and a half feet tall, which also displayed unusual skull formations, with low foreheads and prominent backs of the skull. The most recent discovery of these giants was made in 1959, when Donald Dragu, the curator of the section of the man at the Carnegie Museum excavated the Crescent Mound in Marshall County where he unearthed a seven-foot, two-inch skeleton, setting the height of the individual at nearly eight feet. Now with all of that being said, There's little doubt that at very least giants existed in the Appalachian Mountain at some point in history. But there remains many unexplored miles of treacherous mountain country. This in itself, at least to me, raises another question. Is there any way they might still be there today? Of course, they wouldn't still be in the areas where the skeletons were found, but neither are any wild animals found there that, due to the progress of civilization and where it pushed itself into. To answer the question, we must first consider that these giants were here long before any white man set foot in the New World. The burial mounds have been dated back thousands of years, yes, even older than the lifespan of Jesus Christ. That tells me, for one, that they existed here completely on their own for more time than is even known. Many Native Americans tell that these giants roamed the land long before their people even came here. Sightings of huge humanoids have been reported throughout the Appalachians as far back as the late 1600s. The first people surveying the mountains made note of them. These sightings became so prevalent in the mountains during the mid-late 18 or 1700s that some made the local papers. They were referred to as mountain giants, or wild men of the mountains. Their sheer size struck fear into those who ever saw them. Then in the late 1960s, there came the first clear video of one of the creatures. Though it came from California, you may have seen the video of that creature called Patty, named after the one who took the film, Roger Patterson. Since that time, and with the development of newer technology, there have been Numerous videos taken of these creatures, now called Bigfoot or Sasquatch. When looking at some of these videos, it would be a stretch for anybody to deem them all fakes. Some are very clear and show these giants walking along with their custom gait that is yet really to be mimicked by any man. Encounters have been reported with greater frequency in the state of West Virginia, possibly because the area's mountains landscape part of one of the most forested and dense dense forested regions in the Appalachian Mountains and in the entire country. The recent encounter near the New River Gorge was described by a hunter with over 30 years of hunting experience. He was hunting over the Thanksgiving holiday. When uh, about two hours of daylight was left, he noticed movement about 60 yards toward the gorge from his position. He raised his gun to view the movement through the scope. After holding it in position for about 10 seconds or so, he saw a very large hand appear from behind the poplar tree. Its palm was against the tree, and he saw mostly big fingers. Then, to his shock, he saw a head peek from around the large tree and two large eyes affixed on the head of a creature that he'd never seen before, and it stared directly at him pretty much froze him in his place. There are many, many more accounts of encounters with these giants throughout Appalachia, way too many to discount his hoaxes as people who are making these reports are of no particular sex, color, or culture and want nothing in return but to warn others of the existence of these giants. At this point, there really is but one thing left to say. Do you believe that giants still roam the Appalachian Mountains? I'll leave that up to you, but as for me, I don't just believe. I know they do, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Remember the Appalachian giant the next time you're out in the mountains here in Appalachia and have that feeling of being watched. Hear sounds around you that you can't really see what's making them, or you catch movement in the corner of your eye and can't make out quite what's there. Oh, and whatever you do, don't shoot one. You'll just make it mad. I hope you've enjoyed our story today. If you have, please rate and review the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, please. Run over to our Patreon page at patreon.com and search Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend. Give her a look over. You can join at several different levels, starting at Mountain Boomer all the way up to Appalachian Hillbilly. Or you can go over to Facebook group, Appalachian Murder, Mystery, and Legend Podcast, where we can discuss everything Appalachian or whatever else you'd like to talk about. I'll be back soon with another Appalachian murder mystery or legend. I'll see you then.